Greetings, adventurers, and welcome to a very special episode of the Adventure Incorporated podcast. I am your dungeon master, Anthony Reed. This special episode will be recapping the first exciting year of our fun-filled adventure. If you are brand new to the podcast, I recommend picking up a couple of recent episodes and seeing if it's something you're into, and then coming back here. If you've done that, or if you're just trying to remember everything we did over the first year, which at this point equals roughly 60 hours of content, then you have come to the right place. We are going to start at the beginning and try to hit all the important bits as we cover the history of the show. Let's get started. Our story begins with a group of adventurers escorting a merchant to a town called Mughamara. They are a half-orc named Keth, a fighter who is sick of killing and who is searching for his true purpose, a gnome named Jibeto, a rogue who is full of life and eager to take part in new experiences with good humor, Genevera, a dragonborn sorcerer discovering the world for the first time and her place in it, and finally Gillick, a dwarf paladin with aspirations of serving as a divine court champion, but his family history stands in his way. When they arrive at Mokmara, they are asked to join one of the most prestigious adventuring companies in all of New Merida, Adventure Incorporated. They present themselves before the masters of the organization as the many pennies. Klug, the master at arms, falls fast for the group and becomes an ally. The spy master, Marifa, meets them with a questioning eye. The beast master, Redbridge, is unimpressed and sets them to a task to prove their worth. And so the many pennies set off on their first true adventure to stop some gnolls from harassing the locals of a town called Kien. They arrive to find the gnolls are embroiled in something far more sinister than a little townsfolk harassment. A large machine built by goblins pounds down into the dirt for some unknown reason, and the gnolls seem to be working closely with lizard folk. The many pennies slay the gnolls, free the hostages, and disable the machine before heading back to Mughamara. When speaking to the freed prisoners, one reveals himself to be an expert blacksmith capable of crafting magic weapons by the name of Grimlock Ironshaper. Grimlock tells the many pennies that he was captured by an evil dark wizard by the name of Gorm Tintreach. He promises that if they agree to hunt and kill Gorm, he will make each of them a magic weapon set to whatever task they see fit. Ironshaper is true to his word and crafts each of the many pennies a weapon, passing to them a fifth weapon and asking them not to question it. He's a little dodgy about the extra information he holds, but promises to come clean later. The many pennies head off on a mission to the kingdom of Emberfall to recover a stolen book called the Shie Tome. They are to meet with a scout who will help them get into Emberfall. The scout is a half-elven druid named Asher, who hails from the desert of Ishtara. His tribe had gone crazed from a dark corruption, and he left before the darkness could take him too. Together, they travel through the bandit-infested Emberfall and make their way to one of the bandit leaders, a dwarf named Horton. Horton works out a deal with them to let them into an old temple of the god of knowledge and secrets, Salius. In exchange, he will get a cut of the loot. The many pennies find many undead roaming the halls of the ancient temple, and through secret doors and hidden traps, they make their way to the heart of the temple, a vault of old books and manuscripts. It is there they find they have been beaten to the tome. A dark wizard calling himself Viltroth the necromancer takes the tome and fights the many pennies before ultimately fleeing. Empty-handed, the many pennies begin to head home, 
but not before Gebetto steals a dusty old scroll from the temple. On their way back to Moghamara, the many pennies intercept a contract on its way to Adventure Incorporated. They decide to act on the contract and make their way to a nearby tower besieged by gnolls. These gnolls had learned strange elemental powers, seemingly from the magic crafted within the tower itself. The many pennies fought their way up several floors of the tower until reaching the captured alchemist that owned the tower on the top floor. After slaying the creatures holding him, a mysterious dark wizard stepped through a newly created portal. The alchemist identified the wizard as Gorm Tintreach, the wizard they were sworn to slay. He created a flesh golem to fight the adventurers and moved back through the portal. The many pennies finished off the creature and finally got a chance to speak with the alchemist. The alchemist was a dragonborn named Adonan, an old friend of Genevera's father. He agreed to lend his power to them and accompany them back to Magamara. He also revealed to Genevera that her magic came from experiments her father did on her egg as a child where he tried to infuse her with the blood of a corrupted black dragon. He was trying to cure the corruption, but instead found that she was steeped in it instead. The many pennies returned to Moghamara and spoke to Iron Shaper, who told them he was actually from the future. He had been brought back in time by Gorm, who had been trying to manipulate him into helping him take over Numerita. In Iron Shaper's time, the many pennies had attempted to stand against Gorm and failed. That's why he had crafted the weapons for them, so they might be ready for him this time. When the Many Pennies returned to Adventure Incorporated empty-handed, they were met with the shock and disapproval from the Masters, as Viltroth had been a friend of theirs and was believed to be dead. Mayrifa, the Spy Master, announced that she would look into the finding of Viltroth if the Many Pennies would take this next mission, a special request from the King of Carapath, whose domain included Mughamara. As it happened, a forest to the west of the kingdom had fallen to shadow. Moreover, this forest housed a shrine to the seven gods of the Divine Court. The many pennies were taken to the forest by Evan, a hired driver for Adventure Incorporated, and his two lovely horses, Posey and Violet. As they delved into the forest, the shadow spirits that had infected the shrine bore down on them. Evan tore through the forest, driving the many pennies on his carriage as they fought the shadows. Each of the shadow creatures were slain, and their energy recollected by Gillick, who prayed to the god whose energy they had taken. When they had returned all the energy to the shrine, a great beast of shadow appeared and desperately tried to end the many pennies. But the beast was slain, and as the shadow crumbled, a being of nature, a Tezcatlipoca, appeared before the group. He told them he would seal the forest and keep the darkness contained within but that it would take all of his power to do so. In thanks, the Tezcatlipoca gave them a gift, a leaf that could be burned while a single question was asked. He would do his best to answer the question for them, no matter where they were. While they were away, Mariva had been preparing a ritual to find out more about Viltroth, so when the many pennies returned, they started the magic spell. Marifa would use Gebetto as a conduit to cast the spell, and each of the others would pick an original member of Adventure Incorporated to embody the memory of to learn more. They needed a fifth to go with them, so Klug volunteered to relive the memory. Since he was the only one there that knew the fifth member of Adventure Incorporated that had passed away, he would inhabit Thanlin. 
Keth would inhabit Clug as he felt they were the most similar. Asher would inhabit Redbridge and Gillick, Viltroth. They quickly realized in the memory that Viltroth and Redbridge had feelings for each other. Finally, Genevera would embody Marifa, and she learned many secrets about her that she was sworn to keep to herself. Inside the memory, the Many Pennies reenacted the first adventure Adventure Incorporated Originals ever went on. They made their way south through a place called the Downs to search for a darkness deep in the wilds. They found an ancient burial chamber where an undead lich had holed himself up. During the battle with the lich, Viltroth was blasted through a portal and appeared in another realm. There, a large dark god with twisting tentacles said that it had finally gotten its hands on him and that Viltroth was back under his control. When the ritual had ended, everyone awoke except for Klug, who somehow seemed trapped inside Keth's body. Marifa and Redbridge promised to take care of the body until the situation could be resolved. They also chose to name the Many Pennies the Executors to, Ex to Adventure Incorporated. This title conferred upon them the responsibilities of being the primary adventuring party, and it put them in charge if they were needed. Gibetto and Gillick felt strongly that someone was watching them, so they set out to find someone who could detect magic on their quarters. They encountered a young wizard by the name of Clyde Harper. Reluctantly, Clyde agreed to attempt to locate any magical scrying in their quarters, but he found nothing. Still unsettled, the Many Pennies decided to answer the call of the contract that came in, specifically requesting their assistance. They traveled to Emberthal to meet with their familiar contact, Horton the Bandit. Horton told them that he had been ousted in a coup and barely escaped with his life. He had booked passage on a boat to get him out of Emberfall, but there was a special item that he wanted, something stolen from him by a man known as the King of Thieves. Horton set them up with entrance to a soiree hosted by the king, but they needed to devise a plan, then split up to execute it in order to successfully recover Horton's property. While at the party, the many pennies met the Lady of Knives, an elegant criminal lord in Emberfall. They also met a tiefling assassin, whose name they did not get, and who dismissed them immediately. Things were moving along, swimmingly, when all of a sudden disaster struck. Gibetto and Gillick found themselves transported to a familiar place, staring at a giant, tentacled, dark god. He laughed as he told them he could see them now. Meanwhile, on the material plane, Horton and the rest of the many pennies succeeded in their plan, and escaped to the docks. On their way to the boat, they were attacked by two assassins, the Bisu brothers, and Horton's second in command. A fight broke out and the many pennies walked away victorious, felling one of the Bisu brothers. His twin tore off screaming into the night, presumably hellbent on revenge. Horton loaded up his boat, thanked the many pennies, and departed safely. When the many pennies returned to Adventure Incorporated, Marifa told them that the researchers at Adventure Inc had discovered a lead on the machine that the Many Pennies had discovered on their first mission. Her contact was waiting for them in the northeast of Paraneth. They traveled with another of Adventure Inc.'s drivers, a dark and sallow man by the name of Todd Ebenskull. He sullenly took them to their location, where they met with Clyde Harper, who had gathered the intel. He had traced the machine's power source to a cave near the town, Whatever was in the cave was a huge energy source, as it looked like it was a nexus for many of these machines that all led back to here. The Many Pennies found their way in to discover an enormous machine underground, siphoning energy. 
lizard folk and monsters they had enslaved filled the chambers of the machine. Inside, they found a lizard folk being tortured. They rescued him, and he said his name was Slask. He told them he was fighting against the other lizard folk who had fallen to Gorm's corruption. He fought alongside them as they made their way to the central chamber. A large pattern of magical energy, which seemed to radiate abjuration magic, sat at the heart of the machine. The mechanism seemed to be siphoning off this energy. The many pennies were able to drive off the monsters holding the machine, but were not able to disable it without destroying the large population centers. So they left the machine to sit, hoping to deal with it some other time. On their way back to the compound, Gillick found that his magic had started to change. He could still call on the Divine Court, but he was also calling on something else, pulling power from the dark entity that had observed, observed them. Keth too had started to notice a change. He had been training in his mind. When the many pennies returned to Adventure Incorporated, they found the road choked with undead. Todd revealed himself to be a priest of Iora, the god of light, and turned the undead on their way back into town. When they reached Mughamara, they realized just how choked the undead in the village had become. Buildings were burning, people were running and screaming in the streets. The many pennies moved swiftly to try and check on the people they cared most about. They found Iron Shaper dead in his home, but they were able to recover some blueprints and plans from him. Adonan was fine. The many pennies made their way to the gates of the compound. The gates were standing strong against the undead, and they cut their way through and stood their ground inside of the gates. The undead poured through, and the many pennies held them off until a powerful wizard made his way through the gate. He spoke with the voice of his master, who revealed to be the lich that Adventure Incorporated had fought 20 years prior. He had come for his phylactery that Mayoriffa had been holding onto this whole time trying to destroy, but was unable to. He threatened to take it back by force, and the many pennies told him that they would stand against him. He laughed and told them it was too late as an undead clug burst from the doors onto the courtyard, phylactery in hand. He tossed it to the white and fought the many pennies who had no choice but to put clug's corpse to rest. Genevera checked the compound and found that Mayriffa had been killed but something was off. It was not the Mayriffa she knew, but she wasn't sure what to say or to do about it. The many pennies held funerals for their friends before the King of Carapath showed up to show his respect. Redbridge, so upset by the death of her friends and the state of Adventure Inc., fled. They were. Genevera and Gepetto had many questions for Elatrix. And due to the memories they had shared, they knew that Elatrix was in fact Mayriffa. Elatrix explained that there were many people that had held the title of Mayriffa over the years, and that playing the role was a helpful tool to gather information and hide his identity. Now that this last incarnation of Mayriffa was dead, it was probably for the best, and he would let the office of Mayriffa rest with her. Elatrix then told the Many Pennies the story of the first Feylord and how the greater races came to be. The first Feylord saw the races of Numerita 
and was so inspired by them that he gave them the gifts of culture, society, and the capacity to grow. Additionally, he tried his own hand at creating a race, and from the Faelord's magic, the gnomes came to be. Elitrix informed the Many Pennies that the Fae had disappeared, but not before they had given power to some of the greater races and made them into the Sylvan. The same Sylvan who had closed the gates to the Fae Realm and locked the Fae away forever. Elitrix was all that remained. Next, the Many Pennies went to find their timeline's Iron Shaper. Hoping he would have more answers to their weapon issues, they set out to find him. He and his family were being attacked by lizard folk when they arrived. They rescued Iron Shaper, who agreed to look at the plans left by his future self and try to help them in whatever way he could. Next, the Many Pennies returned to Jubeto's home. There, they found a gnome who had created the machine they found in Perineth. She gave them more information about the machine and how they could deal with it. She also let them know, in no uncertain terms, that Gebetto was not welcome at his burrow anymore. His parents had gotten mixed in with a cult called the Forbidden Dawn, and in doing so, they had captured some people from the town and dragged them off. Before the Many Pennies could leave town, an earthquake hit and Elementals burst up from the ground. They defeated the Elementals, scorching the area, and the people of the burrow blamed Gebetto for their existing in the first place. Sadly, they made their way back to Mugamara. Along the way, they were ambushed by a group of assassins. Among them was the Tifling that had ignored them at the King of Thieves' mansion. She told them that they were sent to collect a bounty on their heads placed by the surviving Bisu brother. The Many Pennies escaped and made their way back to the compound. With no one else to run Adventure Incorporated, it fell to the Many Pennies to take on their new roles as masters of the organization. With Clyde in charge of the day-to-day, the Many Pennies kept working on their Gorm issues. They sent out letters to representatives of the appropriate deities, Salius and Caliesto, but only Caliesto, the All-Seer, responded. Not herself, of course. They had requested more information from the church regarding the importance of the ley lines whose power was being harnessed by the ground-pounding machines. Miven, a representative of the church Caliesto, met with them on the Festival of the Lady of Fate and helped them undertake the trials of Caliesto. The trials took place on the Astral Plane, a very familiar place to Gebetto and Gillick. They had seen it before, when the tentacled monster stood before them. At the completion of the trials, they were face to face with an angel of Caliesto. The angel told them of the planes of the world, the material plane at the core, then the elemental planes, the planes of magic beyond that, and the outer planes of the celestial, fey, and shadow realms. The angel told them that the ley lines were like gateways, portals to the planes. At the core of the planet were the four ley lines to the elemental planes. And a fifth... something. All over the world were the ley lines to the realms of magic. There had once been ley lines to the shadow, fey, and celestial planes, but they had all been closed. They had already found the ley line of abjuration, and Gorm's machine had been siphoning magic from it. The angel told them that they could shut down the machines without destroying anything by first shutting off the ley lines. This would mean traveling through to the other side and severing the ley lines connection to the world, just like had happened with the Fae, Celestial, and Shadow Realms. This would mean that the magic would fade in time from the world, but it would also mean they could cut off the flow 
to wherever Gorm was sending it. When the many pennies asked where it was going, all the angel could tell them was that the machine was siphoning the magic to the center of the earth, which is probably why the elementals had appeared, as it was agitating the ley lines there. The many pennies chose to follow up this with the Tezcat Lapoca, burning the leaf he had given them and asking the question. What was at the center of Numerita? The Tezcat Lapoca acknowledged the four ley lines and told them that the fifth thing that slept in the core was the dragon god, Herix, father of dragonborns. Apparently, Gorm was trying to wake him up. The many pennies were requested to head to the palace of Elatrix as he had a special request. The church of Iora in Carapath had been overthrown by a priest who was telling people to worship Iora in, as a god of blood instead of light. The many pennies fought their way into the inner sanctum where he was performing a ritual. When they did, he called on an angel of Iora who transformed into the Sanguine One, an angel of blood. Already, aspects of Iora had started to change by the priest's actions. The priest was Dunglaris, the same priest who had tricked Keth into murdering innocent people. It was said he carried on him a kind of medallion with a protection enchantment, and the many pennies saw that when they couldn't lay a finger on him. Meanwhile, Gillick had set up a divine duel with the angel, fighting it in an ethereal realm. It defeated Gillick and changed him, replacing his divine nature with the necrotic nature of the blood Iora. The rest of the many pennies fought the angel and managed somehow to defeat it. The many pennies returned to Adventure Incorporated and found a dragonborn manhunter by the name of Jator Sakesh, who had been commissioned by Redbridge to find Viltroth. Jator had tracked Viltroth down to a lake in Perineth and came to get the many pennies to help him apprehend the dark wizard. Jator led them to a cave guarded by a few undead. Inside, they found a Night Strider guard, a monstrous spider creature that tried to destroy them. The Many Pennies cleared out the spiders and went deeper into Viltroth's sanctum. They found a portal to the astral plane where Viltroth was performing some kind of ritual with the Shi'e Tome. Viltroth unleashed his black dragon on the Many Pennies and Jator. They dispatched the dragon and beat Viltroth down until he revealed that he was working against the tentacled creature that Jabedo and Gillick had faced. He told Jator and the Many Pennies that they had all been touched by the Shadow Lord and he was searching for a way to destroy it. The Many Pennies offered to have him stay at Mughamara if he was willing to help, although they did not fully trust him, and he agreed. Looking forward, the many pennies are close to having all the pieces they need to deal with the ley lines, and hopefully Viltroth will help put the rest of the pieces together. The story continues with episode 53 out next week. This is a good primer for the story, but if you enjoy it, I urge you to go back and listen to the episodes. The players did a fantastic job crafting some deep characters worth going back for. If you have any questions, comments, or other feedback for us, email us, message us on Facebook, or tweet at us. You can head to our website, adventureinc.podbean.com, for all those links and so much more. Thanks for joining us.